Dr. Warren E. Meeks Sr. presents this inspirational, challenging, and life-changing message to encourage, inspire, and motivate you to keep marching towards your destiny. Now, Dr. Warren E. Meeks Sr. Amen. All right, we're in part number three um, of the, the series entitled, A Call to Godly Living. A Call to Godly Living. And we've been faced with a a set of choices or decisions. Either Christian going to live by God's order or you're going to live by the world order. And there's no in between. You're either going to be a Christian of God or you could be a Christian of the world. Amen. Amen. It depends on what you trust. And you need to ask yourself, do I live up under godly standards or do I earmark my life or live my life according to world standards? Amen. And so here, um, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, this is our foundational text. I'm just going to briefly give you some recap, and then we're going to get into some stuff today. And um, hopefully it'll change your mind. It says, Paul says in Amplified, he said, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice holy devoted consecrated and well pleasing to God which is your what reasonable service rational intelligent service and spiritual worship so God is saying that look here I'm begging you Paul is saying I'm begging you that you must present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto the Lord now, how do I do that? He help us. He help us with the next verse because you got to do something on purpose in order to receive something. You got it. He say, do not be what conform to this world, this age and reading the amplified. The number one thing is how you're going to present your body to God, how it's going to be pleasing unto God, how you're going to find out what's pleasing unto God is number one. You cannot fashion or conform yourself to this world. It says a a fashion actor and adapted to its external superficial customs. But we have but but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. The amplifier, I mean, um, King James says we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, you probably ask yourself, how does that work? Well, when you first get saved, what happens is your spirit becomes to be alive to God, but your mind don't change. Your thought process don't change. And see, a new Christian need to know that because you think that when you get saved, all that stuff that you was involved in and all that stuff you used to think about, you think it's going to go away. No, we have to go through a deprogramming process. All old information has to be replaced with new information. How can you put um, new wine in old wine skins? It will burst the new wine skin. Amen. And so God said we have to empty out ourselves, our old selves, because because quite frankly, your old self didn't work. It didn't work. You tried yourself. Your ways, the world ways, and all of a sudden now you find yourself in church. You ain't here by coincidence. You ain't here by some accident. Just because somebody invited you here don't mean that it came by accident. Everybody is drawn unto the Lord. You cannot come to God unless you are drawn unto him. And so he has a purpose of why he drew you. 
He don't care nothing about your background or where you came from. He knew all about that. He just want to clean you up and make you a witness and a testimony that God is. But you got to realize that now it takes a renewing, a transformation of how I think and how I process information. You got it? I, I know it, it, it's, it's easy said than done because you got to change your whole lifestyle now. But God always have help in the way. And on the way for us, you got it. Let, let, let me let me um, continue to read. It says it says change by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude. Say new attitude. See, I, I'm talking. You know, I'm reading Amplified. Say so you, you got to get a new attitude. My attitude is is like this. What I used to do in the world, I can't do no more. That was superficial fun. Now the Bible's not ignorant of having fun in the world. They just said it's just going to be for a season. But fun in God is eternal. Watch this here. He says, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Even the things which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So God want to use us to prove his existence. That's why God want to bless us. That's why God said in the book of Psalms, he said, there's no good thing I will withhold from you. God said, if you sacrifice and give yourself to, to me, he said, I got to bless you. Because I need you as a witness, as a testimony. But, but you got to change your, your thinking. And when you change your thinking, you, you, you change your focus and your expectation. And you change your, your heart and your soul. My God. See, see, the devil wants you to become entrapped and engulfed in what you used to do. And you will not go out that circle. You just dig a... a, a, a a digger trench. But when you are exposed to a better way of living, don't become to be inferior or intimidated. Think you can't do that. The same anointing that got that representative before you, that testimony before you is in you too. You just have to have the patience of God. Amen. And so, and, and then we also talked about, we talked about it is our responsibility to perfect holiness. You, we have to be professional Christians just like I'm going to um, set up a course um, real soon. I'm going to bring in my elders and my, all my preachers and those that want to be. I'm going to sit down with them for a year and just, just show them everything what I do. I'm going to pour into them. Show them how I get the word together and study, how I perfect everything. You got it? And so we have to perfect holiness. We have to be, become to be professional Christians. You just can't wait when you get in trouble and then you want to pray. We have to live this thing. A professional athlete don't wait until it's time for them to go on the court to get prepared. No, they prepare off season. You got it? And so we have to be professional Christians. We should always be in preparation of living a godly life. And you cannot be in preparation if you're not at church and consecrating yourself around the word of God and praying and resisting. My God. And, and, and then, and then we, we talked about that, that, that living holy is, is, is a choice. And then I got everybody attention by this statement, which I backed it up by scripture um, that um, God will get tired of you and turn you over onto your own lustful ways. He will turn you over. Amen. And that was in the book of Romans, chapter number one. Read that. You got it. And so, and so you, you, sh you should have seen the, um, the expression on people's face. They said, what? You mean God to get tired of me? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Because it's like this. When you're constantly in and out of God, then you're showing another person that's looking at you, claiming for you to be saved, but you're in and out. You're saying that the power of God is not effect. So don't even mess with God. So what God would do is he, he is better off for him to take you out the picture and raise somebody else up in your stead to prove that his power, he's powerful enough to change your ways. See, I don't want to be caught in the middle of that. Amen. Flesh want to do this, but God won't want me to do that. You got it? We all battle that. But some people just make a decisive decision. Their mind is trained. Their heart is fixed. And their soul is ready to live this holy life before God. No question. It ain't like we ain't never been tempted. Jesus said he'd been tempted on every hand. But yet, without sin. And so if Jesus could do it, we could do it too. Say we could do it too. Now, let, let, let's go to the book of Romans because we, we, we must consider something. Romans chapter number six. Romans chapter number six. <clears throat> Are you there? Chapter number six. Let us, let us begin reading at verse six and seven because I'm going to show you something that it's in the Bible. So if it's, if, if it's in the Bible, that means that we could do it. We're going to start at six and seven and we're going to go down to 11 and 14 through 14. If you dare say amen. It says this, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be what? Be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. We should what? Not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It means exactly what it says. That that old nature that used to sin is dead. It doesn't exist no more. It's not a living thing no more. It is dead. But you got to realize that it is only one component that keeps it dead. Because if you if you leave that out of God's will and leave him up under the Holy Spirit, then that then it will resurrect itself. Your old nature will start rising back up. You got it. Watch this here. It says, let not what sin. Therefore, what reign. In your mortal bodies that ye should obey them, therefore, in, in the lust thereof. So that tells me that I have a choice. I have the power, rather. I have the authority to not let sin reign in my body. I don't have to give leeway to sin. Sin cannot dominate me no more. Amen. So so if I if I let not sin in my body, that tells me that I can live a sinless life. I didn't say mistake free. I said a sinless life. Sin is something that you premeditate on and you carry out. You plan to do it. Most likely uh, a mistake is something that you do in error. You got it. Now, you got to think about it. I say this a lot. You, you don't you don't make no mistake by taking off your clothes. And laying down with somebody that, that, that's not your wife or husband. Because you should have what? Stopped yourself. 
You don't make no mistake by you opening up a, a pack of cigarettes, taking that cigarette out, putting it up to your mouth and taking that lighter because you have what? Time to what? Stop yourself. It ain't no mistake that you end up in the liquor store or, or, or at a bar drinking because you have what? Time to what? Stop yourself. You got it? So it's a big difference between you, 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 you planning and, 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 you, and you just on this sin kick or making an error or a mistake. You got it? See, big difference. That's why you could live a sinless life. You could live a sinless life because the Holy Spirit is responsible to bring back the things, the very things which you ought to say and confess. It will be a witness to the word of God before you get yourself into some trouble. The Holy Spirit will convict you before you pull anything off. Amen. Watch this here. Watch this here. It says, neither yield your, um, your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Watch this here. Verse 14. This is self-explanatory. It says, for what? Sin. Come on, re- read it together. For sin, what? Sin. Have what? Say that again. For sin, what? For sin, what? For you are what? It says, for sin shall not have dominion or dominance over your life. Sin shall not control you or tell you what to do. So that tells me when I sin, it ain't sin, it's me. I choose to do that because I have all authority, all power to stop sin before I sin. Amen. You got to realize the paradigm when you sin, it robs you of the glory of God. See, see, you got the thirst and hunger after righteousness. You want too much in life. How are you going to have your flesh and sin just destroy the promises of God? Just think about it. I refuse to allow sin to stop the flow of blessings in my life because it took everything within me. All my all my acceptance and, and, and all me just giving everything I have out to get out of the world system. For God to love me, to clean me up and to bless me beyond my imagination. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You cannot talk about God without talking about the blessings of God. You cannot talk about God without talking about the mercies of God. You cannot talk about God without talking about the favor of God. It's all God. God understand the sacrifice. He understand what it took for you to say no to something that you thought you loved. And he said, when you do so, I will reward you. But the problem is we have impatient Christians. We have microwave Christians that want it now. But you got to realize that every time you say no to the devil and yes to God, that's seed in the ground. And you have the right of the blessings of the Lord. My Lord, my Lord. Watch this here. Watch this here. Now, go to Psalms 119. I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes on, 
on some very important stuff. Steps we, we must make to answer the call of godly living. Steps we got to make to answer the call of, of godly living. These are things that I'm not covering all, but this right here gets you started. Because it, it, it'll keep your heart and your spirit clean. Psalms 119. Are you there? I said I'm supposed to read this and amplify it. I'm getting amplified right quick. Psalms 119. Um, verses, we're going to start at verse number 9. I'm reading to amplify. It says, how shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed and keeping watch. How do I, how do I um, cleanse my way? The Bible says that I have to take heed and keep watch. So I have to be aware of my surroundings and aware of what I do. I have to always be watchful. You got it? And never take anything for granted. You got it? It says, it says, he, it says, by taking heed and keeping watch on himself, according to your word, conforming his life to it. So it tells me that I always take watch to myself. I watch, see, we're so busy watching other folks. You need to be watching you. That's your business. That's your number one business is to watch your own business. But you so busy being nosy watching everybody else while you fumbling, bumbling. Tell your neighbor, I got to watch myself. And I got to conform my life to this word. <clears throat> Verse 10 said, with, with my whole heart have I sought you inquiring for you, for you and of you and yearning for you. Oh, let me not wonder or step aside either in ignorance or willfully from your commandments. I mean, this, I mean, every, listen, this should be everybody, please. Father, don't let me wander from your statutes. Father, don't let me get lost. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be frank with you. I love the blessings of the Lord. I'd rather be blessed than cursed. I'd rather be happy than sad. I'd rather be healed than sick. I love the blessings of the Lord. Every challenge come my way. I need a bold resolve and confirmation from his word that I win. Not that I don't know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen when challenge come. You got it? Watch this here. Verse number 11. This is the key. Your word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's the key. If I keep God's word in my heart, not in my mind, I keep him in my heart. Because so of a man think of in his heart, so is he. If I keep God's word laid in my heart, embedded in my heart, I'm not talking a stale word, but a fresh word that's alive. If I keep God's word in my heart, the Bible says that it will keep me from sin. So that tells me that this word is more important than entertainment and private agendas. I got to get this word in my heart, in my spirit, so I would not embarrass or, 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 or displease God or let God down. I won't sin against God because every time we sin against God, we violate the principles of God and we void our blessings. Go to Proverbs. Say, these are things that I got to answer to. I th these are things I must make to answer to, to godly living. Proverbs, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter number four. I got to do these things. God, I got to keep his word in my heart. Proverbs four. Are you there?
Let us look at verse 14 and 15. Watch this here now. It says, enter not in the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it and pass away. Other words, it's saying, look here. You need to stay away from these unrighteous jokers that ain't right. Ain't no need for you to be trying to hook or hobnob with them and you know and go out to lunch with them. The Bible said you need to avoid them. Stay away from them. Flee from them. Don't go near them. I don't care how much money they got and what they promise to do for you. If they ain't right, stay away from them. Because they will mess you up. They will turn you. You got it. You say, say, I got to avoid, I got to avoid evil people. People that, people that's not talking the same way I talk. Come on now, because there's, there's, there's too many of us entertaining and hanging around unrighteous folks. Because they remind you of where you were or where you want to go ain't right. You got to be selective of the people you hang with. The Bible said here, it says, it says, avoid them, pass not by it, turn your head from it. My God, watch this here. First Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter number 10. I'm going to get them all in. These are, these are steps we must make to answer the call of God. That word avoid and and flee. You're going to hear that a lot. Avoid and flee, avoid and flee. That means when I avoid something, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to go around it. I'm going to take another course, a, a, another way, another road. You got it? And when I flee, the word flee means, hey, I'm getting from out of here quick. I'm running. I'm going to get out the way. I ain't going to sit there and contemplate anything. If it ain't of God, I'm, hey, I'm going to be like, like, like Carl Lewis. Is that Carl Lewis, the track star? I'm, I'm running, baby. I don't care if you got one leg. I don't care if you got two legs. Go on and take that baby up to the nursery. Glory to God. All right. First Corinthians chapter number 10. Are you there? The nursery open, right? Watch this here. These are things now. These are steps we must make to answer. Say to answer. Say to answer. Now see, now see I want you to pay attention to these because your, your, your life Hinges on the very decision and choices you make. Unless you don't got immune to pain. I serve you notice that yes, there's struggles. And there's difficulties in life. But God does not plan for us to live like that every day. I'm just going to flat out right tell you. Oh, no. There should be seasons, I mean a long season, or where you don't repeat those same old immature mistakes that you do. If you look at it right now, you are stumbling or being challenged by the same disorder or dysfunction that you've been struggling with basically all your life. That tells you, you ain't grew. See, you should have some new challenges, some new difficulties. I smile with that because I mean I don't graduate You understand? Your problems should be bigger. 
Because you're more valuable to the kingdom. You got it. Sometimes your problem should be more perplexed. Because you're valuable to the kingdom. Because the devil said, if I can't dethrone you and discourage you, then you're going to mess with, you're going to impact a whole lot of other folks. But then, it ain't your problem, and it's not your challenge. You will literally live your life like the problem and challenge is not in existence. That just went over your head. I get to that point by faith that I am doing what God calls me to do. I'm doing all the necessary things that God is telling me to do. So therefore, why am I going to lose sleep over a challenge or problem knowing that God got it? I refuse to worry or lose sleep. Somebody got to go to sleep. So since the Bible said he never sleep, I might as well go to sleep. Because me not sleeping is not going to change the situation. I have to own purpose, force myself to trust God. That he ain't going to let nothing happen to the kid. Because he has too much invested in me. So therefore, I bounce back quick from any challenge. Sometimes I act like it ain't even going on. And people be trying to bring it to me. And I, and, and I look at it like a nonchalant thing. And they be saying, okay, what's up? God got it. He got it because I have done everything that I'm supposed to do. I have done everything. Let me say that again. I have done everything I'm supposed to do. Ain't no sin in me. Ain't no, ain't no, ain't no mismanagement of integrity. None of that stuff. Ain't, ain't, oh, oh, no, I ain't winking. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. So therefore, God, you have to do everything you said. That's how I look at it. I don't care if I'm challenged. That's all right. As long as the end result is, is what you said. You understand? How can, I, how can I believe that he's a healer if I'm never sick? How can I believe that he's a deliverer if I'm never trapped? How can I believe that he could bring me out if I ain't never stuck? How can I believe that if he, he could raise me up if I'm never down? Huh? I just have to know what the word says. How can I know he could bless me if I never need a blessing? Watch this here. Watch this here. First Corinthians. Chapter number two. I'm reading the Amplify. Chapter 10. Chapter 10. I'm reading the Amplify. You know, steps we must, we must make to answer the call of godly living. Amen. Watch this here. 10 and 14 says this. It says, therefore, my dearly beloved, shun or avoid, keep clear away, avoid by flight, if need be, any sort of idolatry of loving or venerating anything more than God. My God, it says we have to avoid anything that we're going to make more important than God. Say avoid it. Now, see, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you steps that you have to, 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 to answer for to stay in God's blessing plans. 
Because God really can't bless you like he wants to because some of you get some stuff and we won't see you no more. Can I get a witness? You know, that, that, that idolatry, you, you, you think in witchcraft and, and you think in the extreme. Oh, no. Anything that I set up and make that's more important than my commitment to God. Anything that I set up or make that comes against my regiment that I establish with God. And God blessed me with this and blessed me with that and blessed me through this. And I was a serious Sunday school goer, you know, um, usher and this and that at church. All of a sudden, now I got a little blingy bling, a little money in the bank, a little job job, a little car car. Now I think I'm all of that in a bag of chips. Now I don't set myself up, you know, for a fall. Now I think about you now, 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 Pastor, if you want me to usher, I have to check my schedule. If you want me to volunteer, volunteer. What that mean? I got to handle my business. Anything that interrupt your regiment. See, you cannot forget where you came from. The sad thing about church is you come in and hear the word and you get extremely blessed from the word. Find your husband, you find your wives, you find your purpose, you find the power that you need. You find this, you find that. Everything was eluding you. You get to church, everything come together. Now all of a sudden you think you're a rock star. If people don't call your name right, you out of here. Well, the devil's a lie. You don't work yourself up. You got the big head now. Yeah. Now you're thinking more highly of yourself. And the Bible said, be not high minded, trusting, trusting the riches of this world. It's a whole lot of high minded people. That's why you can't get no brand new Lexus. Because you got to use one and it almost took you out. <laughs> you're out here lying. Talking about you got a, a 2007 or 8 and the sticker on the windshield say a 3. What's up with that? That's because you think you're worth more than what you really are. That's idolatry. And you know that. So God said flee from that nonsense. Stop that. Let me run from it. Say run. Say run. Watch this here. Watch this here. Go to chapter six. I'm reading Amplified again. These are things that we have to avoid because God don't like this stuff. Say God don't like this stuff. Um, chapter six, first Corinthians. I'm going to read. Watch this here now. Verses 17 and 18 in the Amplified. It says, but the persons who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. <clears throat> it says, Sean. That means avoid or flee immorality and all sexual looseness. Flee from impurity in thought, word or deed. Any other sin which a man commits is one outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. The Bible says we have to flee from sexual immorality. Flee. From mechanical devices that's causing you pleasure. Flee. That means if you got them, throw them out. Drop them off the bridge. 
all the nasty magazines and the internet. If you're out of control, take your computer out your house. These are the extremes you got to go through. If they got your number, get a new number. Plead the blood of Jesus over your mind and heart. Because if you keep thinking this filthy mess, you're going to do it. Come on now. The Bible said flee from that. Shun from that. And see, let me, let me say, let me tell you something. I might not see you. And you may be in the dark all by yourself. But there's one person that sees all, all the time. Because he never sleeps and he never slumbers. And that's God. You understand? Tell your neighbor, come on, talk to your neighbor. Come on, come on. Tim, it's going to be all right. It's going to get better in a minute. I don't know when. First Timothy. These are things. See, we got to make decisive decisions. I'm training you to experience God's blessing on your life. Watch this here. First Timothy chapter number six. Are you there? I think I'm going to read this amplified. It says, you know, got a little notation. I'm going to read it amplified. First Timothy. Chapter number six. Verses 17. And 18. Are you there? It says, as for the rich in this world, charge them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others, nor set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God, who richly and ceaselessly provide us with everything for our enjoyment. Charge them to do good, to be rich in good works. To be liberal and generous of heart. Ready to share with others. You got it? The Bible says this in 1 Timothy. We have to understand. Now see, he's talking to rich people. He ain't talking to, he ain't talking to unrighteous people. He's talking to church folks that's rich. Now how many want to be rich? Rich is a personal definition. So all those that don't have their hand up, you want to be broke. You don't want to be rich. Father, everyone that don't have their hand up, then you know that they're going to experience the opposite. Because let me tell you, so you know, so y'all some disobedient, rebellious people. Now y'all get ready, I'm getting ready to rebuke you. Y'all think I'm up here playing around? Huh? I asked you a question. I asked you to respond. I guess half of you asleep. See, that proves that you don't listen. But yet you want the blessings and the best of God. See, just like when 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 when, when um, um, Elijah told the, the, the king to jump into Jordan seven times, he didn't understand it. He could have denied it, but he would have never got his healing. You don't know that I'm just sitting up here. Just you think I'm playing with you. I've got no time to be playing with you. When I ask you something, if you want it, you better respond. All right. Say the pastor just rebuked us. <laughs> Second Timothy. But we have to guard ourselves from being high minded when we get stuff. 
It's easy to get the big head and you think you all of that in a bag of chips. You better watch out because God will deflate you quick and easy. He want everybody to be rich, but you got to be careful. Amen. Watch this here. Are you there? And, and uh, where I tell you to go. Second Timothy, I'm reading this in Amplified, chapter number two. Watch this here now. Watch this here now. There's a the word avoid again. Avoid me. Hey, don't even go around it. It says, shun or avoid useful lusts and flee from them. Oh, verse 22, and I'm going to read 23. Do you really know what that means? A lot of you have not grown up yet. You still handle your business like a little kid. You getting old right now and you still paying your bills like you are irresponsible 20 year old. You are living life. Not in the mature sense, but immature to being irresponsible, trying to heap up and gather all that you could get and then call everything God blessing you. Useful lust. You've been desiring things from your little days in life, but your circle of life should change them. But no, you think that you're supposed to get them. Watch this here now. It says here, and aim at the pursuit of righteousness, all that is virtue and good, right living, conformality to the will of God in thought, word, and deed, and aim at the pursuit, faith, love, and peace. Harmony and concord with with others. Harmony and what? Concord with who? With others in fellowship with all Christians who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. This tells me that one of my responsibilities that God wants, he wants us to fellowship one with another. Now, if you're an individual that can't get along with nobody, then you need to stay on home. Watch this here. Verse 23. But refuse, shut your mind against having nothing to do with, watch this here now, trialing, informed, unedifying, stupid controversies over ignorant questionings. For you know that they foster strife and breed quarrels. This is a downfall with a lot of Christians that they get themselves into unnecessary arguments and fights trying to prove points and questioning stuff it will mess your spirit up the bible said leave it alone you don't got to prove nothing to nobody you trying to prove you're a christian or trying to prove what's written in the word stay away from that stuff now i'm telling you the truth that messes a lot of people up have you ever been, 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 been in what you call a, a um, uh, uh, talking to a friend and y'all, y'all trying to go over some Bible study. All of a sudden y'all get into a debate and then after you finish the debate, you are exhausted, Amen. burnt out. God don't want you like that. We have to avoid that stuff. You got it? It will breed something in your spirit that God don't want there. So the Bible says what? Avoid it. Back down. It's, hey, I do that all the time. I counsel somebody and I tell them what the word says. And if they challenge the word, I don't shut down. I said, okay, I guess you know more than what, what the words say. I guess you fine. I see you later. And they look at me. I said, the meeting is over. I look, it's over. 
But, but I, I said, I'm not going no further with you. Until you get a new attitude. I ain't going to sit up here and have you challenge me. You need to go about your business. And your life will be much easier. Because then you won't be thinking about that thing. That thing won't attack you at night. It won't make you uncomfortable and sleepless. You understand? My God, it takes a lot out of you. Romans 16. I'm getting to the end. And we're going to make an altar call. Romans chapter 16. Because a lot of us is struggling with a lot of these things. Watch this here. Are you there? I'm going to read it in the Amplified verse 17. These are things that we have to make in life. Steps we must make in life. To accept this, this, this to answer this call that godly living. You can't be some of these wild Christians, these messy Christians, always wanting to be busy in other people's business, running your mouth just all over the place. No, God wants you to live your life and be an example to others. Watch this here. Verse 17 says, appeal to you, brethren, to be on your guard concerning those who create dissensions and difficulties and cause divisions. Watch this here now. In opposition to the doctrine, the teaching which you have been taught. It says, watch this here now. You have to be on guard concerning those who create dissensions or strife or divisions and difficulties. The Bible said, I warn you to turn aside from them and avoid them. Now that God is saying he don't care if that's your mama, your cousin, your best friend. God is saying that if you know someone that's causing division or strife, this is important because I've seen this mess up, you know, a, a lot. The devil tried to mess this ministry up with all kind of frivolous stuff. If you know someone that's, 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 that's coming against what we believe, what we teach, and what is to be the truth, the Bible says you're supposed to avoid them. Get away from them. Because the Bible said evil communication, which is fellowship, will corrupt good manners. It says right here, you're supposed to avoid them. You know who's kicking up strife. You know who's always tripping. You know who's talking about the ministry and talking about me and my wife and my kids. The Bible said, mark them. Isn't that what the word says? Now, how you mark them? How you mark them? No, no, it said avoid and cut them off if something totally different from marking them. How I mark somebody, you let it be known. That's how you mark somebody. You don't hold it up on the secret. No, how you mark somebody is you expose them. You have to expose them. Because that person could be still in here spreading that venom. And then God said, once you expose them, then you avoid them. Oh, this is what the word says. You got it? Oh, I'm preaching real good because, see, this right here is going to keep me in concert with God. This is going to keep me lined up with the will of God. This is going to keep me in God's perfect will. 
If I exercise all these tools, I already have enough challenges, personal challenges in my life. Why well, I want to bring these with it. I can control these by getting out the way of these. And let me deal with myself. You understand? But a soldier in the Lord will mark these people. Call them out. Tell on them. You speaking against the ministry. Oh, no. I got to go tell on you. Because if you have a revelation of what we've been talking about previously for the several weeks, you got to understand that the adversary is trying to disconnect you from the vision of this ministry. And if you become to be disconnected, then you cannot experience the grace that's on my life and on this ministry life. You understand? And so therefore, I'm not going to allow anybody to mess with the grace that I need for success in living. So I got to protect it. I have to be in covenant agreement with it. And if I'm in covenant agreement with it, I'm going to protect it. Because the way this goes is the way my life go. And I ain't going to have you to badmouth it. To speak ill against it. I'm going to tell on you. That's how it is. It is what it is. Now in closing, one scripture in closing, in the book of Ephesians, because you should see how you is. You're saying, Pastor, you ain't giving me no gravy today. No, I don't need to give you no gravy today. You get too much gravy. We just overload it with, with, with the yippee yippee yay of scripture. But we ain't experiencing the blessings of God because we have not got these components down in our life. It shouldn't be just a few of us walking in prosperity. It should be everybody up under the sound of my voice experience prosperity. And money is not prosperity. Money is just the benefits of you being totally complete and fulfilled in life. That's prosperity. I know how to make good decisions. I'm at peace with myself and peace with others. I have the spirit of forgiveness. I harbor no ill feelings because the Bible said, if I cannot forgive, then God cannot bless me. He said, ask and speak unto the mountain. Ask what you say and it shall be given unto you. And the next verse says, but forgive. If you want to have it your way, you got to be having a forgetful, I mean, forgiving heart. What's this here? I know you want to be blessed because you're here. Amen. Everybody ain't supposed to be broken in, in, in the Bible. The Bible said the feeble minded and the poor will always be with us. We just have to choose not to be one of them. That's the bottom line. I'd rather have the resources to bless the poor and have the tolerance to handle the feeble minded than to be one. You understand? I'd rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather be the one to have the answers. My wife say this a lot. She said, um, 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 people that, that answer problems will always have a job. People that solve problems gets paid. 
The Bible said in the book of Ecclesiastes, money answers of all things. See, it's not saying that you could throw it on a dollar and get an answer. It, 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 it ain't saying that. It says money answers all things. It says that you have the ability to live a successful life. And you have the answers to life. With the fruit of your life. Money is nothing but fruit. A tool. Now you ready? Ephesians chapter number three. Everybody you can read this together. Verse 20. And it says what? Read. Read on. Say that again. The Amplified says, now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us. This power is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far above. It says super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think. Infinitely beyond your highest prayers, desires, thought, hopes, or dreams. You trying to tell me that there is a force in me that can take me beyond what I could think, what I could ask for, and bring it to pass. I just get happy all by myself. I don't think you believe that. You want to come out of some stuff. There's a power right now that's available to you. Working in you. That has all that you need to make it happen. Things you have not even dared to ask God. Because you're scared to ask God. Because you think you don't deserve it. Or you don't know where it's coming from. God says this, I feel the bag you give me. I'm just crazy enough to give God a bag this big. He said, that power, that power will attract everything that I need to pull off what I dare to ask God for. That power says, I'm going to act like a magnet. And if you dare to dream it, and if you dare to believe it, and you consecrate yourself in me and do what you're supposed to do, God says along the way, I will start giving you more on the way than when you first get started. But when you end up, you're going to end up what you so desired. You can't put God on a timetable. My Lord, my Lord. I had somebody out to my house the other day and they said, when you first got started, did you think you was going to end up here? I said, it wasn't even in my spirit. 
I couldn't even think this way. I wouldn't own this level. But God has a way of having that power working you to get you around the right environment, the right people to speak into your life, to get you where you need to be. I guess I'm just preaching to myself. God said, cut this off and start this one. Go here and not go there. You can't sit there and question God on every move he tell you to. God told me to cut these relationships off and these was preacher relationships. He said, cut them off. I said, I said, Lord, these people showed me how to live my life. Cut them off. I said, God. He said, cut them off. I cut them off. I went idle for years. He said, now hook up over here. See, you have to have the boldness to stop questioning God and just do what God says. We're so busy trying to figure it out. Don't you know that the Bible said that God's thoughts and his ways is far from our ways as heaven from earth. You just got to fall in line and do what God says. He's trying to work some things out in you. You have the wherewithal to stay safe, to live safe. You have the wherewithal to make decisive decisions to please God and to present yourself a living sacrifice. You have the power to say no to sin. You could do it. You could do it. I'm telling you, you can do it. Don't try to figure out God. Just know that he is. He told Moses, tell him, I am that I am. That's what you tell him. I am that I am. See, you don't know. I'm closing out. You don't know. What your tomorrow holds. You don't know. You don't know. I could have still been stuck. Way back. I'm not going to reveal too much of that. Some of you know where I came from. I could have been stuck. All because. I wanted to please man. Versus pleasing God. You couldn't have told me that I was going to come to be a doctor, pastoring a great mega church with great people, all in 16 years. You couldn't have told me that back then where I was at. I had no clue, I had no vision, and I had no understanding. Let me say that again. I had no clue. I had no vision. And I had no understanding. Some of you right now. Is in a place. Where you have no clue. You have no vision. And you have no understanding. You just know you're here. And you don't know how God is going to do what God going to do. Because you really don't know what God is supposed to do. You just be saved, go to bed, go to sleep, pray, go through the, through the, through the, the regiments and emotions of being saved. 
God will snatch you out of the jaws of complacency. Put you in a way where to blow your mind. I'm telling you, it's worth the pain. It's worth the challenges. It's even worth the struggles. Because one thing I know, many is the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered them out of them all. Shout if you believe it. You just got to keep going. Say, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. Say, I got to keep going. I, I got to keep going. You can't stop and you can't turn around. You can't act like Lot's wife and you don't miss where you came from. Where you came from ain't nothing going on there. That's why you had to leave. Don't look back. Ain't nothing back there but dead bones. Don't be so concerned about God going to work it out, knowing that he's working it out. It might not be your ideal way. It might not be the way that you want it. But one thing you should know, the power in you is working. You just don't know. Well, when we walked up in here, I wish you guys, I wish you guys could have seen this place. Well, they're going to show it one day up there on the video screens. You know, you should have seen it. You should have seen it. Let me tell you how great the anointing is. I didn't know that this place was in that such of a mess. When the anointing puts you on assignment, you're not going to see the total impact of the mess it is. Because the glory of God will surround you and keep all that other stuff away from you. It will keep you focused on the purpose. If I would have just fell back out of the anointing and really observed in the natural what I was um, getting ready to get into, I wouldn't have never made the move. But I kept going. I kept going. I kept speaking. I kept confessing the word. I kept speaking, kept confessing. I'm telling you how to get out of your rut. You confess, you speak. You confess, you speak. I don't care if doubt comes in. I don't care if fear comes in. I don't care if confusion come in. You keep speaking and you keep walking towards the prize. Don't look back. It's not going to be this way always. God said that I am going to deliver you out of it all. Thank you for supporting the media ministry of Newborn Fellowship Christian Center. One church in two locations. With senior Pastor Dr. Warren E. Meeks Sr. and Pastor Perdita Meeks. Dr. Meeks would love for you to visit and fellowship when you are in the Rochester, New York area. For service times or to order other inspiring messages or books, please write to P.O. Box 1109, Webster, New York 14580. Or call our office at 585 342 5020. Or visit us online at www.newbornfellowship.org.